Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. Yes, you know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com. Mike Rickberg, Sarah Cohen just sang the song. Michael sing again at the end. Very exciting times. Patrick Brady fixes the audio. And Vilmos, of course, works on the website. One thing you should know, oh, there is a donation button, by the way. Feel free to use it. Uh, the Not a hobby, turns out, I've decided, with the Dork Forest podcasting. Everyone should donate $100 a year. Unless you don't have $100 a year, and then you should just um, say, okay, uh, I'm going to listen anyway. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Anyway, there is merch, of course. There's always Dork Forest t-shirts. You could just buy one of those. That would be something. Uh, 20 bucks. They're going to go up at some point just because uh, postage went up a lot and uh, the profit margin on that. Uh, my father is rolling in his not-yet-dug grave. So I have, um, I have both of my CDs and the t-shirts on JackieCation.com. In the store. So knock yourselves out there. My tour dates are available at JackieCation.com. And if you did not know, I uh, did my late night comedy uh, debut on Conan O'Brien a couple weeks ago. And you can watch that on JackieCation.com or probably on Conan O'Brien's site because that's where I stole the video. Okay. Uh, Sitting across the room from me in my beautiful uh, downtown home, uh, downtown Van Nuys, is uh, is a good guy. Let's uh, let's talk to him. Adam Rebitaro, correct? Right. Rebitaro, well done. Uh, I was kind of excited when you told me that you had made a cooperative card game. Like, mm-hmm. you invented it. You're a game designer. Much like uh, many people I know, but I like it. And have you always worked in games? Actually, that's um, the first question, no, I guess. actually. I mean, I've only really worked menial jobs my whole life. In FedEx here. Oh, okay. Well, um, Until you made your own game. Until I made my own game, yeah. Um, I was working uh, for a small internet startup company um, and, and recording video game walkthroughs for them for a little while. Okay. Yeah. All right. But that's, that's what I was doing until, uh, until I made this. And it's a card game, and it's my favorite kind of game, which is a cooperative game. Mm-hmm. I like it when everybody plays against the game. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's called Sentinels of the Multiverse, right. and it is uh, – I, I have your introductory uh, email here, oh, okay. which is exciting. And it just says um, – you co-created a comic book themed fully cooperative card game yes. and it is it came out at Gen Con in Indiana yeah, in initially in 2011 yeah, sure we um, and we released a much um, shoddier smaller box with no dividers or anything um, on cheap card stock because that's what we could afford sure so that was the first that was the first big production of it because you guys you and who's your partner uh, his name is Christopher Bedell okay and uh, and the two of you guys we made the game and then um, by the name of Paul Bender, um, played it, and he approached us and said, you should sell this. And we said, uh, I don't know if that's really a good idea. <laughs> like, no, hold on. And he wrote up a huge business proposal for us. Um, and oh, that's cool. Yeah, so here you go. This is what you need to do. Just sign here. Um, we'll get this money, and we'll get it printed and start selling it. And I was like, that's... And he, and he did that... Um, did he sort of get in then on the ground floor of plastics? Yeah, like, it's, it's like the three of us. The three of you. We, we own the company. And now you own the company. And what's the name of the company? Uh, the company is Greater Than Games. Greater. Okay. Yeah, you can go to greaterthangames.com. It'll link you to both of the websites for our game. Right. Because Sentinels of the Multiverse, a uh, card game, uh, now has two expansion sets and one more coming out. It does. It actually has two coming out this year. Um, 
uh, that we've announced. But wow. We, uh, one of them comes out in, um, I think it's April. Uh, mm-hmm. PAX East is where it's released. Oh, okay. Um, oh, PAX West. East, which is the uh, PVP guys or the, what are the? Penny Arcade guys. Penny Arcade guys. Um, I forget what PVP is. What do you know what PVP is? It's sort of a joint of them now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's their player versus player. Is that what it stands for? Okay, whatever. Uh, I know that they, they do a comic strip and Andy reads it all the time. So, and I know nothing about it, but right, right. It's, it's got a comic strip. They have a blog. They are talking about gaming all the time. My husband, uh, is a, is a game designer and, uh, but he makes, He'll play any game, but, uh, he, he's, right, right. And, and so it started out with D and D and, um, and video games and board games, a lot of board games. He just got something called Thunderstone. Thunderstone. Yeah. yeah. And, and we played that all weekend. This is the same box as Thunderstone. Oh, really? what do you mean? When you open it up, it has the great unboxing. He brought a copy of the game. Very exciting. Yeah. It has the same sort of Okay, so it's two rows, and then there's um, like like when you file things. Mm-hmm. So it has the to tell you what the different yeah. cards are and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it has, yeah, it'll have all the heroes here, and this is actually all the expansions fit in this box, also. Oh, that's great! Yeah. So you can get one box that can fit all the ex- yeah, that. That won't, that won't work going forward, but we have a solution for that planned out already. So don't worry. Mm-hmm. There'll always be a little story card. You'll always there'll always be another box. So you started out with how many um, how many superheroes? The core set has. Ten heroes, four villains, four environments. Because there's an environment deck in play also, so that you're not just fighting in a vacuum. You're also oh. fighting. You're fighting in you know, a big, busy city, or the ruins of oh. Atlantis, or a base on Mars. Some fantastical. Place. Okay. Okay. Um. So the the core set comes with four of those, four villains, ten mm-hmm. heroes, um, and then each subsequent expansion comes with two more heroes, four more villains, and uh, two more environments. Okay. So they're they're villain heavy, and they all. Um, They'll fit to a theme. Like, so our core set was very, you know, generic superhero type. Um, now, when you say generic superhero, I read comic books and I follow some superhero. I'm okay. pro superhero. Uh, I don't know what the core, I mean, I suppose like a strong guy like Superman. Yeah, or? So, well, even, I mean, you look at the cover, you've got, this is the our, our sort of flagship villain, Baron oh, Blade. Baron Blade. Evil genius. Uh, and, uh, then we have no mustache, just goatee. Yeah. We have, and the scar across one eye. Mm-hmm. Evil. Um, that does, because the only evil people get scarred. Exactly. That's the important thing. <laughs> uh, you have Legacy, um, and he is uh, sort of an all-American hero. He has flight, super strength. He uh, His powers are hereditary, and every generation will gain uh, a new power. And so, um, he's, oh, okay. Uh, he, he's the latest in a long legacy of heroes. Oh, I get it. Um, then you have the Wraith, who uses stealth and gadgets to fight crime. Sure. You have Bunker, who's a soldier in a giant metal suit. Oh, okay. Um, you've got Absolute Zero, who's trapped in a cryogenic suit, and he can do blasts of cold and stuff like that. Oh. Um, and then you have Tachyon, who is a uh, super speedster. Okay. And she's a scientist. And- so do you have a... All right. So those are I weeded off. Yeah. These are the, the <laughs> these are like our the Freedom Five is our main team. Okay. Um, so these those are the five characters that are most the predominant. Sure. Five sure. Characters. So, so you, you have you have your your basic heroes with that. Then in subsequent expansions, you know, our first one is Rook City, and that has like a gritty urban theme. So your villains are like a serial killer, the crime boss. 
Oh, okay. More noir. Yeah, your heroes, <laughs> your heroes are like a gun-toning vigilante and a martial artist. Okay. Um, and then the next one was Infernal Relics, and that's like a more magic themed. Um, okay. You have, you have um, you have two arcane-based heroes, and then you have the there's uh, a villain in the core set uh, by the name of Ra, who's the he's the Egyptian god of the sun. Yes. And he his nemesis is in uh, the Infernal Relic pack. All of the other Egyptian gods. Oh, uh, okay. All so right. Every hero also has a nemesis. There's a little icon on their hero card that corresponds to uh, right. the villains. So they all, there's, there's a lot of story that but probably far too much work. Well, I mean, I mean, that's the whole thing of it is that you were just, you made the game because you wanted to make the game, right? And so you two wanted to play the game mm-hmm. with yeah. uh, your wives or girlfriends or friends or whoever's out there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, we're going to make this game. We were both working at FedEx and we were like, oh, we'll just print our own copy and just play it ourselves. So right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so then where did, where did the money guy, the business, the guy who knew how to write the business we plan? Angel, oh, the... We had an You're angel investor for our first thing. The um, it's an angel. For our first print run. It's someone who just gave us. Oh, okay. It's a, yeah, a loved one. Somebody who said, "No, just make it." Yeah. And then, and then, so you just did a print run on yeah, your uh, in your junkie box with your yeah. not great cardstock, right? Because mm-hmm. neither of you worked at Kinko's, right. where you could have made it pretty. Anyway, but uh, the uh, um, oh, you did though. You worked we at FedEx we Kinko's. Yeah. So you had the boxed game, and then you took that to Gen Con, or um, yeah, we, we took that to Gen Con. Um, okay. So we had uh, we had we had made like a, a crappy version on index cards that we were playing with to begin with, and then the the business guy had, was a friend of uh, Christopher's. Okay, so once from yeah, okay, so just a friend of his who yeah. who played it once and we said you could do this. Okay. That makes perfect sense now. So we went through one printer who kind of gouged at us on price, and we, so that's why the first version was not so good. Oh, okay. Um, and then eventually we changed printers for the expansion, and we ran out of the first print run. Mm-hmm. Um, so we said, okay, we can... We can no longer... We right. And we went back and fixed any problems that, that anyone had with it. And now, did you, do you guys do the art? Do you guys do the art I and stuff? Art. You did the art? Yeah, all Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's... Obscene amount of drawings in the corset alone. It was like 350 with some drawings. Sure. Yeah. To toot my own horn a little bit. Uh, that's what it's all about. It's, it's, the thing is, is, I should have done a sound check. One of the things. Oh, okay, that's, okay. I think so. Let me, you talk for a second and I'll edit that out. Talking, checking, check, 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 check. This is my normal talk volume. It is your normal talk volume. Mine. Seems to be a little hotter than yours, and then what the hell have I? Yeah. Knobs. I was using one of these when I was working at that that company. They were little little zooms, but I would record straight to the zoom. Yeah. Not the best quality. The zoom is fine, but what on earth? Oh, I got a. Is my mic not on? Ah. Can you turn your mic on? That there. Are we yeah. better? Yeah. Ah. I wonder how that first ten minutes is going to sound. <laughs> oh, Patrick, how you doing out there? Patrick Brady, he's going to fix the audio. I'm going to eat a cashew to start to dull the pain. Okay. He's got his work cut out for him. <laughs> All right. So, um, 
you love superheroes. I do. I grew up, I grew up with comics. I grew up with, uh, with the superhero animated shows. Like that was, that was my life. You know, pretty much all the way, eh, it still is. Who, <laughs> are we kidding? Who are you kidding? Yeah. That's all your television? Yeah, um, yeah, like my fiance and I just watched Batman all the time. Just <laughs> over and over? Yeah, pretty much. Or okay. whatever new stuff comes out, we sure. watch that and, yeah. Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah, we love that stuff. That's. It's great. So do you read comic books as well? Or I you- have not in about five years. I was working at a comic store for a while, um, and so I was reading everything. And then when I left the comic store, um, it, I had didn't to pay for access. comics. Yeah, so, yeah, you did not have access yeah. to $200 worth of comics so every was, month. Oh, uh, more like every week. <laughs> <laughs> it was an $800 a month habit. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was bad. I was yeah. reading literally every book that came out. Wow, um, when did you stop working at the comic book store? So when did you stop reading? Five years ago? Uh, yeah, but, oh no, I guess it's about seven years ago now. But. Okay, because I started reading them about ten years ago. Okay. When my, when I met my husband, and uh, he was my native Sherpa, and he's like, why don't you try this? You might like this. It's like heroin, but I'm not going to tell you it's like heroin. <laughs> and they take about 20 minutes to read. Yeah. So, uh, it's nice and quick. No, no time investment at no all. No time investment. Yeah. The only thing that you think is... Because you go into comic books thinking, well, it doesn't have the whole story. Now I'm going to have to wait till next month, to, no. and I will, I'll forget in the interim. But you don't. No, you, you don't, don't forget. forget. No, no. No, once you start reading again, you're like, no, oh, it's my engraved. God. Um, yeah. There. I think when I stopped was um, Secret Invasion was when I stopped. Oh, okay. Um, so pre Civil War, I think no, I came that's in post Civil War. Oh, is it yeah. House of M? It's post House House of M was before Civil War also. Okay, yeah, because I think I came in at the tail end um, of House of M. If you're on, okay, yeah, so that was that was actually about when I started working at the comic store. Was, okay, was then, um, and then um, I worked there for you know, three to five years. It's a little hazy because I sure. only read comics then, right? <laughs> so that was my time marker. <laughs> uh, it's a blur. So yeah, I stopped around the time of Final Crisis, and okay. Um, Final Crisis would be a DC, the, the DC side, right? Event, yeah. I have, uh, I consist, I try, I try with the DC. They don't make it easy. They do not make it easy. <laughs> they, they make it creepy and, um. You gotta work for it with them. Yeah, and you have to want, I'm uncertain what I have to want in their, in their situation, but like I tried the new 52 and I was Ugh. doing Teen Titans yeah. and Superboy. Oh, Teen Titans. That was a rough one. Yeah. I just stopped. <laughs> yeah. I just canceled Teen Titans and Superboy and The only thing I really regret not reading currently is Deadpool cuz he's my favorite. So oh, okay. Yeah, I uh, I have all of them up until um like the latest series. I have ev- like every appearance of his. Really? Yeah. I read we were reading for some for some time we were reading four different titles of Deadpool. Yeah, I saw that. It was it was right before that that I I yeah, got yeah, out, the, so yeah. I missed the Deadpool rush. The There was definitely it was after I think that first Wait, when was he in, was he in the second Wolverine movie? Is that what it was? The yeah, Three Mile the, Island? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. The Wolverine Origin, X-Men Wolverine Origins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, where he cries at the sky three times. Yeah. You were allowed that's to cry one. at the sky one time. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, but I do, I mean, who are your, so who, who are your, your favorites? Deadpool? My favorite is Deadpool, yeah. Because of the insanity? What, what, yeah, what, what do you leave? He's insane and he just, I don't know, he's a little bit murderous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I, I'm kind of a Deadpool hipster. 
Um, oh, really? Yeah. Wow, does define yeah. that. But I, I feel like I was I was there first. Oh, so okay, okay. Grab. I've liked him since I was a kid because so, he was he debuted in the late eighties, uh, early no, early nineties. Oh, was really? Like, yeah, ninety one, ninety two. He he debuted. Did he um, come into an X Men kind of situation or uh, X Factor ninety? No, X X Force ninety eight was his first X-Force appearance. 90. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. This happened to know also, also the first appearance that? of uh, Domino. Um, Fabian Nicieza, and the art was done by Rob Liefeld. Okay. All right. Yeah. So. See, um, I'm only starting now to get the artists. Yeah. And when I say that, um, I'm saying it out loud in hopes that I will one day care who the <laughs> artists are. But you were an artist. Well, so. Rob Liefeld's universally reviled. So. Oh, is he? Yeah. But he was, um, <laughs> he, he started out a lame ripoff of, uh, of Deathstroke the Terminator. Um, and then, um, Fabian Nicieza turned him into the insane person that we know and love. And, okay. um, and then eventually Joe Kelly wrote the, um, wrote his ongoing series for a number of years. Um, okay. And, sort of the definitive starting. The, yeah. Okay. Uh, at McGinnis art. And that was, that was when I started reading it was Deadpool number one through, I think it ended at 69. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's, and then. Did you read that Max title where it was dirty? I, no, I haven't. <laughs> it was That's all on my cussy. List, but it was all cussy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so there's that that Max. It, it's sort of an adult theme. Yeah. The part of the Marvel world. I read like the Punisher one and the Nick Fury Max they did back in the day. And I'm do, I'm reading a Nick Fury Max right now where he, it was he, it was him in Korea. And now he's just finished the and he Vietnam. With like a hundred girls. Hundred girls, but but. Uh, <laughs> He's sleeping, I think, at this time with just uh, the senator's wife. And the senator seems to be... just everybody. He's just... But it was a Punisher crossover. It's when he meets Frank Castle. Oh, okay. And I don't know anything... I mean, the crazy thing is, is I will start reading a comic book, and then I'll have to turn to the people in my life that know, much like yourself. Mm -hmm. They've been reading since they were kids. Because the only ones I read when I was a kid were Spider-Man. And I only read them in junior high because Spider-Man... There's a window with Spider-Man yeah. where you're like, eh, I get it. He's sarcastic, but I don't understand why he doesn't make any money because he's supposedly a scientific genius. Why is he delivering pizzas? Right. Stop delivering pizzas and, uh, and being a he burns all his bridges, all, all of his, the, his friends in the science department turn into lizards. So right. Right. he only works for people who lose their minds. Right. How about just get a normal job where you're just splicing genes? Exactly. Or- just go things. do the grunt work, R and D. Right, stuff. right. I think you can at least make thirty-five a year. I think it'll all work out. There's no reason yeah. to deliver pizzas and take photographs per shot. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Um. Yes. So I like you know, but I think my uh, X Factor is is my favorite. The X-Men. current book. Yeah, the Peter David. Oh yeah, the, it it's David? like the X Factor investigation. Yes. One. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's a. Spy. Yeah. I, I had loved that one. I, it, it had just started. Um, and I read it for, you know, about probably two, three years before I stopped and I was loving that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. And then, um, and then I knew nothing about Captain America mm-hmm. and I, and we started reading Brubaker. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah the Brubaker run. The Brubaker run, which was, I guess, eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. He's been on the Dork Forest. See, uh, episode, the first live ever episode of the Dork Forest I, I was with Ed Brubaker. Oh yes. And, uh, he's going to be on again. Because he emailed me, Very cool. and I don't know why. When Ed Brubaker says I'd like to be on the show again, I don't say, "Well, why don't you come over right now?" <laughs> but I didn't, and uh, so. But it's going to be. It'll. It'll. It's coming, 
And because you can't, I, as much as I love comic books and superheroes and board games and all mm-hmm. that stuff, um, the dork forest has to be open to other dorkdoms. Yeah. <laughs> you have to diversify. Right. Last episode, um, was a dork panel and it was all about propaganda. Ooh. And then the one before that, uh, the one that just came out as we record is, uh, the Disneyland episode. So, I saw that one on there. Oh, yeah. yeah so I, I checked that drew Sure. Sure. Yeah. You looked at it. You looked at oh, it. Yeah. It could be anything though. It could be bees. I'm in search currently of uh, someone who really likes Japanese sneakers. You know, those thousand dollars Japanese sneakers. I'm, I may be able to hook you up with that person. Oh, let me, fair enough. Let me talk to, I have, I have friends in Japan, so. Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll and, talk to them. All right. And, uh, yeah, the Tolkien professor also is this guy who teaches Middle neat. English and, uh, and Tolkien. I had actually just seen, uh, someone mapped out all of the characters and all of the genealogy of all of the, the of movie all of or Tolkien. Of all of Tolkien. Yeah. And it had, it even had the characters that only appeared in the card game and it said, Here's the one, they're marked in green so you know that they're not part of canon, but just so someone's <laughs> looking for them. And just in That's, case you wanted to know how they, they worked into things. Yeah. Have you ever played that Lord of the Rings cooperative game? The living card game one? No, it's a, uh, there's a, it's, it's just called the Lord of the Rings and it's got three different board. It's got a board for Moria, a board for the Shire, a board for Mordor. I have it. Not in that order. And, uh, but, uh, you, you were the, not. hopefully not. And, uh, all of a sudden you start in Moria. You have to head back to the Shire because you oh, left the stove on. Is bad. <laughs> I have nothing and I'm stranding in Moria. Right. So. And, uh, uh, no, because <laughs> that was my first ever cooperative game that I ever played where, okay. um, you were, you and the other people play four hobbits. You can play fo- Fatty Bulger, uh, if you need a, f- uh, if a fifth person comes. And then, um, and then you just play against, and you almost always lose. And is your game that super was, hard like that? It actually scales. Um, and you can see in the rule book here, um, well, on the back, there's this icon that's a circle with an H around it. This is the number of heroes. Okay. So depending on the number of players, it gets harder or easier. Okay. But also there's a, um, there's a chart in the middle that shows, of the rule book that shows the names of all the heroes, how difficult they are to play. Because okay. Every hero has their own unique deck. Okay. Oh, they um, each, oh, it's like a deck building game or not no, building. No, it's not but building. You have, it's a fixed deck. It's a fixed deck. So yeah, absolute zero will have very different things than the visionary okay uh, and they have a different purpose so right, right. you have someone like uh Ra who just does lots of fire damage so he's really easy to play um but someone like absolute zero has to manage his equipment and damage output differently so oh, okay um so he's more complex um and someone like visionary is like a support character she doesn't do a whole lot of damage herself she um, but okay. she helps the team out. She's doing backup catering. Then you have the mm-hmm. list of all the villains mm-hmm. and, um, they're rated from one to four in their difficulty. Right. So we only have two fours right now, I believe. Uh, but you don't have any four heroes. No, we don't have anyone so complicated that they need a four yet. The threes <laughs> are pretty, uh, pretty complicated. Well, that's right. It's not, it's not their power levels. It's the complexity of how to play them. Right. The yeah. four is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what two, what are the two fours? Um, the two fours are the chairman, who is the uh, crime boss in Rook City. Okay. Um, and he has just this giant organization of um, of criminals. And they're just thugs, thug after thug after thug. And so it really feels like a war on crime. You just have to clean up the streets. Okay. Um, and it's, it's, it's really difficult. Um, yep. And then the matriarch, um, who is a um, – she's, she's like a goth teenager sort of that – 
uh, oh. can control birds. And so she just swarms you with birds. And they all have like one hit point, but something will, you know, they might damage you when they're destroyed depending on what's out. Okay. Or like, you, you, it's just a swarm. And there's just a bajillion of, of them. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So those are the two really hard ones. Then in addition to that, if you're ever having too easy a time with anything, there's an advanced mode on every villain. Um, there's just a little rule at the bottom that says advanced, do mm-hmm. this. They take one less damage. They, when you attack them, they do one more damage when they attack you. Okay. Some, something simple, but it, um, uh, but it makes them much, much, much harder. Okay. So. Oh, they just heal fast. It'll usually like bump them up one difficulty level. If, and, 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 and that is rated by, by what game you choose to play or, or you can, you tweak it yourself. You, you tweak it yourself. Okay. You choose, you choose your heroes, you choose your villain, you choose your environment. None of it's randomized. You, you yeah. can randomize it if you want. But, sure. Yeah. And then, um, cause have you ever played Pandemic? I have not played it, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah, because that's yeah. another uh, cooperative one that mm-hmm. uh, there's spooky cooperative ones like Arkham or House of Murder or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, uh, Mansions of Madness. That's it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Uh, Which is semi-cooperative. You still have to have basically a DM for that one. And the, yes, you have a D, you have a you have a dungeon master, or a game master, and mm-hmm. then but then there and one person becomes the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And I think. I think the expansion set for Pandemic has a has a bad guy too, where okay. it's someone who's decided to release some sort of. Yeah, we will never have a bad guy player in this game. Okay, never, is that it just you just decided not to, or we, just, we decided not to? It's a fully cooperative game. That's we um we grew up tweaking games. Christopher and I grew up together. I've okay, known, I've known oh, okay. him since I was ten years old. Okay, so where'd we, you guys grow up? Uh, Kansas City. Okay, yep, nice. Um, and um, he and I. Used to just play all sorts of games and make them cooperative. Um, so okay, we we would always tweak whatever games we were playing. They had the um, Decipher Star Wars game out then. Okay, um, the, I, I don't know that one. It was a CCG, um, so you had to just buy thousands and thousands of packs of it. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, like Magic or yeah, like Magic. Okay. It was a Star Wars Magic. What CCG of. stand for? Uh, customizable card game Fair or enough. collectible card game depends on who you talk to. Okay, all um, right. So, and it was called Star Wars? It was just called, yeah, Star Wars CCG. CCG, got yeah. it. And so you would play that? We would play that, and we would say, you know, rather than doing what would be most efficient to win, we would go, okay, well, it doesn't make sense that Darth Vader doesn't start on the Death Star, so we'll put him there. Well, uh, it doesn't make sense that Luke doesn't start on Tatooine, we'll put him there. And so, eventually, we would just get every card we had and put the whole universe out and sort of just go from there and tell the, the actual story of Star Wars. <laughs> That's awesome. But, um, and then from, from then on, we had just taken different games that we were playing and made them cooperative or, you know, tried to automate them in one way or another. Okay. Um, did you ever read Darth's and Droids? Have you mm-hmm. ever seen that car- comic strip? No, uh, it's an, um, it's a web comic and it essentially takes screenshots from the Star Wars movies mm-hmm. and runs it like it's a tabletop oh, huh. uh, Dungeons and Dragons kind of game. I'm checking that out. And now. it makes more sense than the movies because they start with Phantom Menace. Oh, wow. They are, I believe, currently in Empire Strikes Back. Did you see? So it's been was, happening um, forever. There's a video that someone posted that was, uh, what if episode one was good? That, oh, really? Yeah, that they said this is what they would have had to do to make this good. Okay, well, um, I'll link that in the notes. It's, it's really, yeah, it's, it's worth great. checking out. Okay. It's about 10 minutes long. It's just this guy ranting. but Okay. Um, oh, fair enough. It's, it's a very intelligent rant. Right, so. uh, and speculative and uh, mm-hmm. and all good because yeah. it could have been good. And somebody asked me the other could've day been. what they thought about J.J. J. Abrams taking over the Star Wars franchise. 
I don't have a problem with that. I don't really have a problem with it. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic. We'll say that. I don't. That's all. That's all that's left to us. Yeah, is cautious optimism. <laughs> You're like truly all they've all they've left us. <laughs> yes, broken it's husks. a exa- broken out exactly. George Lucas now going to be redoing American Graffiti, no doubt, <laughs> and uh, just putting Penny Marshall. I would also actually recommend if you haven't seen it, the People versus George Lucas. It's a documentary. It's on Netflix. Okay, um, streaming. Yeah. All right. Um, I just watched that and it presents kind of both sides of it and it makes me understand his perspective a little bit more. Sure. But it isn't easy on him. No, no. And, it, and I don't have a, I mean, it's his, it's his thing, uh-huh. you know, so he gets to break it if he wants. Yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't mean I'm not annoyed. I just make the regular ones available. Like, yeah. Do whatever you want. Release as many versions as you want. Right. Just give me the option to get the version that I want. I have, I actually have the originals because it came, uh, the two disc. Yeah, yeah. DVD. yeah, yeah, I've where you had to too. buy all six. And um, essentially, I was like, fine, here's a hundred dollars. Get away from me. It. Yes. It it's a, and then I don't think they're in Blu-ray, though. They're I think not. they're just regular, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, just, whatever. Just DVD. I'm going to have to watch them but after I've, this show. I've got it, though. That's what's important. That is the important thing, because what I do, and yes, because I was 11, you know? I was just a child. I was That's, born yet. I was born, you weren't born yet. No, but, I think I was born the year that Jedi came out. Okay, so when you did you watch them when you were a kid? I yeah, on VHS. Late tens. I I watched them. Yeah, VHS. Yeah, and and did you watch? Was it before Phantom Menace came out? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so you it got was to see the, the first special three. editions came out. Okay, so I was. So you got to see the originals in in VHS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll do. It, it does. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, I just and I cut any no, number of slack to, to people that were kids when Phantom Menace came out, right. and they're like, "No, I love Phantom Menace." And I was like, "That's because you were eleven. Yeah, you only know you, this. You only know <laughs> that." So I'm gonna I'm gonna say fine. Yeah, because I liked. I don't know. There's any number of like, crappy movies yeah, that I, I love. Like tons of stupid things. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was 11. Leave me alone. Yeah. So. The Super Mario Brothers movie. It's oh, like, that Hot Wheels movie, man. Did you ever see that? It was, it was compelling. Yeah. Uh, my nephews really loved it and I was like, it's alright. I don't mind. Transformers it. the movie. Not great. Not great. Doesn't really hold up, but like, I loved it when I was a kid. And quite honestly, I, I had no horse in that race. So when I went and saw it, I was like, this'll do. I don't mind this. Same with G.I. Joe. Because I'd never watched the TV show G.I. Joe. Yeah. So I, I didn't. Yeah. And <laughs> fine by me. Yeah. So what, uh, what games did you, so you played, did you play Magic and all of the I Yu-Gi-Oh? Played Magic. And, yeah. We, we played Arkham Horror, which actually, um, that's it. Uh, Richard Launius, who designed Arkham Horror. Okay. Um, actually came on board with us for the, uh, the Infernal Relics expansion. Okay. Because it's ar- arcane and, um, Sort of Lovecraftian in some elements. He came on and designed a hero, a villain, and environment for us. Oh, that's um, and great. We, you know, tweaked them to fit with this a little better, but it was kind of awesome because, um, we had been playing Arkham Horror before we made this and it was one of the, th- our go-to games that you know, the two of us would always play Arkham yeah. Horror. And then we released this and he, and Richard Launius played it and said, and contact, I want to get, guys. I want to talk to these guys. I love their game. And we're like, Oh man, that's, that's almost magical. <laughs> it is. That's so just it's, like, Oh, cool. <laughs> one of these people, it's, yeah. one of the people cares about the thing I did. It is. It's and, almost like Han Solo calling you at home. And being right. Like, <laughs> right. It's yeah. And stand up. It's when someone you really love is like, yeah. no, you're good at what you do. Jerry and, Seinfeld. Comes yeah. In yeah. And, so yeah. Gary Marshall in my case. Oh, okay. But, uh, I'm 107. So it's fine. So is it on, 
Amazon? Can you can you just get it? I do believe it's on Amazon. You can get it just from our website. A lot of game stores have it. If a game store doesn't have it, ask them and they can get it. And they can just order it, right? Yeah. We have every major distributor. So. Sentinelsofthemultiverse.com. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can get it there. Yep. And you can get it at your local game store, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so the new one that isn't out yet that you guys right. are developing is called Galactic Strike Force? Yes. It is much, much different. It's a space game. Okay. So like in, Nova? In... Green Lantern? Is it superheroes? Uh, no, it's not superheroes. It's not superheroes at no, all. Galactic at all. Strike Force. It is. Uh, you you play as sort of rogues, smugglers, uh, thieves. Firefly. You. Uh, <laughs> Han well, Solo. What's happening? <laughs> I, I will say it is. It is not uh, referential like Sentinels. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, Sentinels. The the characters are very clearly based on archetypes, and uh, it is not like that at all. Okay. So you'll have in this game you'll have your ship, um, and your the, the pilot of your ship is pictured on on your card and you fly around to different systems and buy upgrades so it is sort of like a deck builder we like to call it a ship builder okay um uh but you'll buy upgrades for your ship mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um it's also 100% cooperative um uh, so okay. you you then with your friends um fight against the opposition and that's really the all the opposition now is it in uh, uh- a capitalistic opposition, or there's there are there pirates or something. They're different ones. Oh, they could be anything. Yeah, I can't really reveal a whole lot about. Sure, that right sure, because it's not out yet. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So, have you ever played Red Planet? Guess who? Uh, I live with a game designer. We've got a lot of games, my friend. Yeah. And uh, Red Planet is some sort of colonization game where you have uh, you go to Mars mm-hmm. and uh, you just have to fill up enough colonists in one thing and then you shoot off and then you go to Mars. Yeah. And so it's just a, it's a very simple little game. It's, it's very sweet. So I don't yeah. know. It's a good one. Yeah. Uh, what games oh. are you playing now? Oh, what am I not playing now? Let's, oh. I, I'm doing, I don't know. I'm doing this really. Right. Um, you're working. Yeah. My fiance and I, um, got, um, Pokemon black and white and we play that together. Okay. Um, which is, which is a Yu-Gi-Oh Magic the Gathering kind of thing, Pokemon Black and White? Well, we got the, we got the video game of that. Oh, it's a video game? Yeah. Yeah, it's always been a video game. Right, right. Wait a they, minute. They made the card game after the video game. It's true. Yeah. It, it's true. I have a, I have a DS and the only Pokemon I ever played was, uh, Pokemon Red, I think. Okay. Yeah. And that, that's when I started on. Or, yeah, yeah. Red it's, Blue uh, was my brother and I back yeah, then. I think the first one, I had the uh, gray brick of a, of a Game Boy. Uh, yep. And I played Final I Fantasy Legend 2. Uh, mine still works. My my niece. I uh, gave mine to my sister like when I was. The Tetris still plays. She's wow. like, when desperate. And I, <laughs> and I want to stop the voices in my head. I will put in the Tetris and just play it. That's and, great. Yeah. Wow. So, so you guys are actually just playing. So we play that together. Um, we usually do that for a little bit in the evenings, whatever. But okay. most of my time is spent um, doing art. Okay. Right now. Oh, just okay. So, and, and I don't play a whole lot. <laughs> are you, do you do it on a computer or is it? I mean, yeah, I, I do it digitally. Okay. Um, I have, I have a big tablet that I just draw on and it draws straight in there. So. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Is it like an iPad? It is. No, it's, um, it is. I think it works on magnets. Okay, so it's like an etch, a giant etch sketch. Essentially, uh, <laughs> um, it's uh, it's about it's about. Uh, but it's like eleven by seventeen or yeah, 14? just about. Um, and then it has um, it has a pen a like stylus. a stylus, and you just draw on there. There's nothing on the screen here, so and that's I have, to, all it I have is? to look up at my monitor. Yeah, 
Okay. So I plug it into my computer. It's a Wacom tablet if you want to look them up, W-A-C-O-M. I will link it on the notes because uh, that sounds fascinating. They're great. I would love a Cintiq if anyone's just giving them away. How does a Cintiq spelled? The C-I-N-T-I-Q. All right. Um, and, and, and those actually is... have the screen on there. You just draw straight on the screen. Okay, because so. this thing is essentially... Um, it's just a black pad. It's a black pad that you and and you can see what you're drawing on the screen. Yeah, I have to look up at my computer screen and and not look at my hands when I'm drawing. Oh, like old timey learn how to type by ta- by touch. Yeah, pretty much. That's interesting. And I'm used to it. Did now, you learn it at school, I, or did you have to I teach just, yourself? I I got one. Uh, I got a small one, probably ten, twelve years ago. Right. Um, just because I wanted to start. Because you draw things, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, because um, you're a guy who draws. Yeah, and I, yeah. I was like, I I want to have more professional art, and so yeah. I I got that, and you know, just taught myself to use it. It didn't. It just took a little getting used to, you know. Sure, sure, I bet. Well, because they always say that that stuff is intuitive, but it's only intuitive after you learn how to do it. Yeah, it takes it takes probably you know a couple of weeks of doing it to really get. And yeah. if you don't do it for a while, then it, you have to sort of reboot. Yeah, you have to retrain yourself. But and then, do you manipulate this stuff in Illustrator or Photoshop? Photoshop. Or it's or something all Photoshop. Like that? It's all Photoshop. Yeah, you okay. just draw straight in Photoshop. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'll do. I, it's convenient because I'll have um, I'll have like a sketch layer, and I just sketch on that layer, and then I ink it on another layer on top of that. So if I go, oh, this isn't working, I can go back to the sketch layer and just erase there, and then. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's um that's its own. I want to, I want to do something. I'm going to do that whether or not anyone gives a damn. Yeah. I mean, that, that's my definition of a dorkdom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to do this. Yeah. And if anybody cares, that'll be great. But if they don't, I that's, get to do this. That's sort of how my art's always been, actually, because yeah. I went to school, um, to be an artist, mm-hmm. but, um, all of my teachers at the school I was going to, um, were, uh, very demeaning of comic book art. That they would say that no, this isn't real art. There's one way to do real art, and that's classically. Um, and uh, so I, you know, I have some of that classical training, but which I, is lovely. I had said, uh, you know, like I, I don't need to be around people who are telling me what I want to do isn't right. Right. So yeah, um, I dropped out three times and, <laughs> and went and, back twice. Yeah. Okay. And that's uh. And so and then I just started just teaching myself and learning where I could and looking at other artists and looking at you know. That stuff. That's yeah. Andy said because he also he went to UCLA for art and um, he brought in one of his comic books and showed his art. One of his art teachers and his mm-hmm. teacher said, "What do they get paid to draw this page of art?" And he said, "At the time, they were getting two hundred dollars a page." Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, "What? This is that's not fair at all. <laughs> they are being taken for a giant buggy ride." And he goes, "I don't think anybody's doing it for the money." Yeah. In uh, in comic book art, so are, too. are you drawing comics at all, or are you um, trying to get into that? There is, we actually on the Sentinels website. There's a um, a we do it like two pages a week, I think. Oh, um, okay. as part of our last Kickstarter, we um, we one of our stretch goals was making a comic book. Okay, so we have like we call it the Freedom Four Annual. Okay, um, it is about the forming of this team here mm-hmm. minus Absolute Zero. A little origin um, story. Yeah. All right. And. Um, and so we we intend on doing more as as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you did kick? Did you do the Kickstarter to sort of? Yes, we had we had our angel investor for our initial set, and then every expansion we've had a Kickstarter. But we just did our final Sentinels Kickstarter. Okay, okay. Uh, we will be starting a Kickstarter for Galactic Strike Force in March. As soon as it's sort of ready. Of yeah. yeah, fair enough. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's amazing. It's um, it's so great that. 
because it's it costs a lot of money to put this stuff out and, and to create content. And it's that. not cheap. <laughs> it is not cheap, yeah. and it's and it's great that there's like how many people were involved in the Kickstarter. Like, were there thousands of people who cared? The, <laughs> like, how many people cared? I'm it trying was to remember our final total um, of number of people. I mean, um, I can't offhand. I mean, you right, can right, yeah. Google it, but you, I, it's, yeah, it's easy to Google it. It's, 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 I think it's about two thousand. Yeah. So, I mean, that's. I mean, it's so, that's the great thing about Kickstarters that yeah. you can get two thousand people to care about what you want to do. Yeah. Then they're like, "Yeah, let's do this." <laughs> it does help to have a built-in audience. I'll yeah. say that much. Yeah, I bet. And so. So with the first time you didn't, right? We didn't do a Kickstarter initially. So we didn't do oh, okay. a Kickstarter until we had an audience. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause I know that Neil Gaiman was plugging somebody's Kickstarter and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that'll help. Yeah. Uh, if Neil Gaiman gives a yeah, damn that'd about be, that'd be nice if, if people yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah. If, if somebody was, in, was interested. So. So we're, I mean, we're friends with a lot of other game designers at this point. Um, yeah, Richard Lanius will you know mention us wherever he he'll rant on about it. Oh, good. Um, uh, Keith Baker. Yeah. Will, will, you know, say no, stuff not about Keith. Us. I know Kyle Baker. Kyle Baker is a comic book uh, um, writer artist. Who's Keith, Keith Baker? Keith Baker made what did he make? Um, Gloom. Gloom. Yeah. Wait a minute. Nope. Wait, is it a card game? Yes. It's and like transparent cards. Transparent cards. That, yeah. Yes, I have seen that. Yeah. Okay. Have you played Murder of Crows? Have you seen that? No, there's a card it, in our game called Murder of Crows. Okay, well, <laughs> a single it's, card. All it is is it's a it's you try to spell the word murder. Oh, and it's Edgar Allan Poe themed, right? And it is, you know, a, a short, super fun game. Ed Baraff, uh, I made it, and I can show it to you after the show. I will link it, of course, on the notes. And but there's so many. I mean, the great thing about Living now, I mean, mm-hmm. sure, there's pollution. We live in a dystopian present, but you get to you get to make. <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> it's like, totally worth it to so be able to totally do whatever you want to do. Yeah, we, we're the you know we're the generate we're the two three generations. I think my generation, the first generation that genuinely just said, "Yeah, we won't be growing up." No, I'm going to continue to collect action figures until I fall over in a heap. Yeah. So much to my fiance's dismay. That's, yeah. What does your fiance do? Um, she is, uh, she works in photo editing. She wants to open a cafe. That okay. It's like her dream, but she's, oh. she is plugging away at a job she hates so I can do what I love right now. So well, that's very sweet of her. It is very sweet of her. That she's a saint. A saint. Oh. Good work. Good work out there. And, uh, I, I've always wanted to start either a coffee shop called Thirsty Boku. <laughs> where, uh, people would, uh, it would be 80s themed. And so you would have to pay in traveler's checks. I don't know where you get them, but, uh, it would be some sort you'd of hipster. And- you'd have to go to the bank and find someone who's still selling traveler's, traveler's checks. checks. Maybe we would have a, a check cash in place. We will take a Visa check beginning. card also. <laughs> <laughs> you could wear berets. Yeah. And, uh, because I remember in the 80s when I went to college, um, there was one coffee shop. It was an espresso place and, I remember thinking it was the most pretentious place in the world. And it was one of the first, it was called Steep and Brew in Madison, Wisconsin. And it still remains, still is there. And I remember when I first started doing stand up, making a joke about, um, how you had to buy, you had to use traveler's checks to talk about how you had just come back from the, the continent. And, uh, because there was a lot of, I mean, in 1984, who's drinking espresso? Only. Super yeah, hipsters. Talk about ground floor. Black turtleneck and, yeah. Very much so. And so, and then the other one I want to start is a, is a chicken place called One Wing to Rule Them All. But, uh, <laughs> That's great. but I don't just like wings. 
It would have to have all, all the kinds of chicken. What I would like her to do, and I think that she sort of is on the same page with me as this, but I would like to make have a cafe that sells food all the time, like right. IHOP, but has big <laughs> tables so you can play games there. And also, like IHOP, you know, a good place, a nice place like <laughs> IHOP, an international house of pancakes. Yeah, it's not just here. <laughs> And then large tables for gaming. Yeah, because uh, sure. you, you know Christopher and I would go to IHOP all the time. We're cramped on this little table playing our games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that ain't like right. A place that has giant tables and food all the time and booze. Right, right. And food and booze and yeah. and just a random an offer of Cheetos if you were to need some. It'd be the best. It would be the best. It would be the best of all worlds. It's just a haven, <laughs> a safe space per se. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> it would be great. And what? uh yeah, I know that Andy talks about um his least favorite game, which is Monopoly. Yes. Yes. And because of course, it the purpose of the game is to destroy the economy. Yes. And if you destroy the economy, you're a bad person. So let's not play that game is how he puts it. <laughs> uh, my fiance got me a uh, World of Warcraft Monopoly because we we play World of Warcraft together also. Okay. Um we play everything together. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I like you're like no I'm constantly drawing except for when I'm not playing Pokémon and World of Warcraft. Yeah. Which are both 18 hour a day games. Anyway. I, I don't play them 18 hours a day. I play them Good for, for like an hour on weekends. I wish right. I could play them more, yeah. but But you got to um, you got to you got to pace yourself. Oh, yeah. Um at this point in my life I do. <laughs> for sure. Um but she got me that just because it's a World of Warcraft thing, and we played it. We played it uh, on like Christmas the the day after Christmas, and she was so furious at me that she's like, "We're never playing this again." Why? What happened? <laughs> because the whole purpose of Monopoly is to be a jerk to everyone else. Oh, right. And she doesn't like those games. She doesn't like that I'm a jerk to her. Right. But there's only the two of us, so I can't really form an alliance with her <laughs> against everyone else. I just have to just be a jerk to her. Oh, sure. Sure. Or you and, like you and Chris did when you were kids, you could have created a third game. Yeah. Right? Right? Couldn't yeah. you have uh, expanded the universe and gone, all right, we're going to okay. fight against the game. Cooperative Monopoly. Cooperative Monopoly. Cooperative. Socialists. <laughs> That's it. We've both been blacklisted. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> What, did you work at a, uh, a comic book store here in Los Angeles? No, it was in Kansas City. Oh, it was in Kansas City. Yeah, it was City. called Bebop Comics. Bebop oh. Comics. Yep. Shout out. Well done, gentlemen. And or ladies. I doubt it. But God love you. And, uh, it's, uh, been around, it's been around for a long time. Okay. Uh, there. Um, and it's, it's owned by a guy named Frank Mangercina, who's, um, who's been around in the industry for a long, long time, too. He used to be a distributor and stuff. So Okay. So he has all these great stories about meeting Frank Miller and, um, and right. uh, Stan Lee and yeah, Kirby you know, and yeah. everybody and their grandmother. I think it was still post Kirby, but. Oh, hello. Unfortunately. All right. But that's, I mean, it's one of my favorite, th- when people talk about, about board games and, and comic books, that's what stand up comedy is because mm-hmm. stand up comedy, nobody's watching. I mean, there's literally thousands of people. On a planet of seven billion people <laughs> that give a shit about what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it's fine because it can be then about anything. And, um, one of my favorite places was down in Australia because they have the illusion that they don't even have the internet or the television. Like <laughs> no one's watching in their minds. They're like, Oh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to stand on my head and I'm going to, uh, I don't know, light my farts on fire while I tell <laughs> political jokes. What do you think? And you're like, Okay. <laughs> I think that covers everything. That kind of explains why I don't see a lot of Australian comics. 
but some of, but the thing is, is that some of it's just genius and you're like, holy crap, why doesn't anyone know about you? And they're like, nobody knows about any of us. And uh, <laughs> there's a guy named Greg Fleet down in Australia who is an amazing comic. And, um, have you ever heard of him? Nope. No. Yeah, but there's amazing comics here that you've never heard of. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the way it goes. But, um, all right. Here's my question. Yes. Do you, uh, do any reading? Do you yes, do any? Okay. Do. What, what do you enjoy? Um, well, I'm reading right now a book called Elantris by Brandon Sanderson. Yes, you are. That's, That's a great, I will high five Elantris. Yeah. Blessedly one book. It is. Oh yeah. I, I don't know what I would do if this was a series. Uh, but, nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm about uh, two thirds of the way through it, and it's just outstanding. It's mind blowing. Uh, I had read Mistborn. Okay, and, and then I said, "Oh my God, what else can I read by this by guy?" This guy. Yeah, yeah, I started the other way. I read Elantris first, wow. and then I read Mistborn. Uh, Mistborn was great. I loved the first two Mistborn. The last one, I was like, "Eh, I get it." And then uh, <laughs> I really, I I don't know. I liked all of them. I I liked. Um, I liked how detailed it got with the magic by the third one. Yeah, um, that's true. He, he comes up with very interesting ways to deal with magic. Yeah, his mechanics are fantastic. Like that Elantris world is a world that makes sense. Yeah. And when you finish it, you will be like, oh, it does not fail. It does not fail, and it's continuing to make sense. Yeah. Because he, quite honestly, he sticks the landing. So you gotta love that. Yeah, uh, well, that makes me just want to go home and read now. Right, it's, <laughs> I have uh, work to do. I can't. Yeah, yeah, you got, you got. Yeah. Um, but I also, um, I would definitely recommend um, the Name of the Wind and the Wise Man's Fear by Patrick I haven't Rothfuss. Read the, I've only read Name of the Wind, which was amazing. Yeah, well, Wise Man's Fear is holds up. Oh yeah, I'd like as Excellent. good if not better. Really, I feel even though it's a bajillion pages, I don't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's worth every page. Like, okay. you're just flying through them. Because it took him forever to write the first book. And I don't, so I was worried about the second book. I'm, I'm, uh, I have to wait for this third one now. And I don't know how he's going to end it all in the third one because he leaves, he still leaves so much unanswered. Philip Rothfuss, right? Patrick Ar- Rothfuss. Pa- Patrick Rothfuss. Yeah. F-U-S-S. Yeah. And Name of the Wind was great. I had a hard time, um, I have a hard time starting a series that isn't done. Because yeah. what if they die? That's the other. Uh, I, Robert I read, Jordan, did you read that? No, Wheel of my time? fiance. I, I read the first two and a half of them. Yeah, I, tra- I, like, I tried to start it. I didn't care. Yeah, it's it's so hard. Um, there's so much of it, and it's daunting. Yeah. Um, but uh, Stephen Bruce wrote um, a series of books about a character called Vlad Taltosh. Start with Jerig and. Um, I think the second one's Yendi. I don't, I don't remember. Okay, well, uh, say his name again? Uh, Stephen Brust. B-R-U-S-T. U-S-T. Stephen Brust, uh, a series called? Um, they're called the Taltosh series, I think. T-A- okay. T-A-L-T-O-S. And it's uh, like science fiction or um, uh, fantasy? Science fiction fantasy. Okay. It's both. Okay. Um, but there's there's going to be like 18 books, but they're they're on like the 13th. But But... They're far less of an investment. They're all short. Okay. So okay. Can, well, fair enough. Yeah, then you can do them all. Quick. That'll help. But those are my if, favorite. Have you read any uh, Lois McMaster Bujold? She wrote uh, a fantasy series called The Sharing Knife, and it's pretty great. It's a weird little world. Sharing knife. Yeah, all of her, um, all of her fantasy. Like she wrote the Miles Vorkosigan series, which is a sort of a space ranger kind of thing about. A warrior. I mean, it's, it's socio-political, mm-hmm. but 
it's, it dances up here. Like it's super light, but it, it's got, it addresses sort of the big issues, but it's not like Ursula Le Guin, you know, it isn't, and this sounds, this sounds, the Ender's Game does that a little bit. It's really entertaining to read, but it yes. still has a deep commentary. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's an easy read to mm-hmm. some extent, yeah. but it has a, a punch. It packs as a serious emotional and, right. and, and sociological punch. And that's Lois McMaster Bouchol too. And the sharing knife is a little more, cause it's, because it's fantasy set in a, like a, a spooky magic world, right? Mm-hmm. It's got, it does, it's more complex. So, the Miles Warkosigan series. You're in space. We've all, we've all seen Star Trek. Space we get. Yeah. Uh, you get, sure, of course we've controlled gravity. You know that a couple of years ago I was talking to a physics teacher friend. She's a AP physics teacher. Mm-hmm. And I said, in all seriousness, <laughs> have we controlled gravity Is there yet? Ever a chance of this? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I thought that we had done it. And, uh, she was like, yeah, no, Jackie. Gravity still, still a mystery. We don't know how to, we don't know how to generate that yet. You're good. You're We're good. Keep, keep, uh, keep reading. Keep. <laughs> Did you think they were just walking around in the space station? Or? I don't know. I read C.S. Lewis space trilogy. Do you ever read that? Oh yeah. It's uh, cause remember the spaceship on that one? They had set the spaceship up like the earth. Mm-hmm. So the center of the spaceship. Uh, all th- you walked around the yeah. spaceship because the center of the the yeah, spaceship was that. like the center of the Earth, and that's how they control gravity. And I think I got it confused. I think I need to reread those though, because I remember like really liking the first two, and then just being completely lost with the third. Yes, yes. The first time I read the th- the third, I was like, oh, "What a hunk of junk! What the hell happened here?" It's like a head in a jar. It's not in space anymore. What's I, happening? I, and but the third about time, Merlin? right? And so the third time I read it, um. I finally got it. I mean, it just, I think I was just too young to get it. I think I was too. I will I say that high school. Yeah. And I read it in early college and I just, uh, yeah, it's, but I will say this is that that, that outer space series is the best defense of Christianity I've ever read in my life because <laughs> the space books, right, right, it, it makes more sense that we're, this is where they trapped Lucifer and we're under siege. That resonates with me yeah. as like a, Oh, that's why we're all fucked up. I yeah, get it. All right. It all right. So weird. What else you got? You reading any nonfiction? You reading any? You no, watching any good TV? Um, good TV. Yeah. There's too much TV to watch. Oh, um, totally. Yeah. Um, House of Cards on Netflix. It's a Netflix oh, did you original start it? series. Yeah. Um, How is it? It's good. I, I haven't finished it yet. But what's um, the uh, what's the premise? It is. Um, I've heard I of it. I can't he remember. Is, He's a congressman. He might be the Senate Majority Leader. I'm okay. Not, I'm not sure exactly what his role is offhand. Um, but Kevin Spacey plays a politician that kind of has oh. uh, a hold on all of the strings in all of Washington. And so it's just him manipulating everything. Okay. Um, sort of like the, yeah, the Karl Rove of the 80s kind of situation. Yeah. It's, that, speculatively. Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Please don't sue me. Nobody's going to sue me. <laughs> Carl Rove listening. Yes. There's literally thousands of people listening. He's never going to hear. So, um, the, uh, yeah. So Adam, I want, uh, I want every, I want to say Robotero again. Uh, cause that's Robotaro. Robotaro. Yeah, I, I want to say Robotaro correctly. Everyone says Robotero. It's Italian though. So if that helps. Yeah. Yeah. It does help. The, Cause, uh, how's your cooking? Um, you do any? I, I do a little bit. My right. fiance thinks it's okay, but right. she's a way better, way better cook than I am. When so. will you marry? I wonder. Um, Not yet settled? 
Not yet set. She wants it to be this year, but if if it's feasible this year. All right. Then if not yet next year. Well, uh, we got married uh, at a Chinese restaurant. Uh everyone ate dim sum cuz who doesn't love uh, dim sum? Yeah. Who's made of stone? She uh, I know we're going to have Italian catered cuz it's both our favorite food. Okay. Um and I I think we're going to get married on Halloween just cuz we want to. Right? Sure. So. Sure. That's that's what that's what people who play games do. They love yeah. Halloween. Are you a fan of the Lovecraft kind of stuff? Or? Oh yeah. Yeah, I love Lovecraft. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I like to find out minute. 55. So we could have talked about Lovecraft, but I don't know enough about it. I've had a couple of Lovecraft orcs on and it sounds like it's great, but it isn't the best written stuff in the world. So you sort of have to get it at the right time. Yeah. It's, um, I, it it can be kind of hard to read at times. Um, there's some of his dream stories that just meander. Right. Um, He's just a pad, 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 pad. Yeah. He's wandering around. But, it, right, right. But, but the characters are amazing. Like he's yeah. created things that are iconic. I really like iconic. the really short stories about people going insane. Um, That's your faves? Like, yeah. <laughs> about them seeing something the man was not supposed to see. And so but they just oh, okay. go off the deep end. That's, that's great stuff. That's good stuff right there. Yeah. All right. Can I, you remember I, the name of one? Um, I, I really love the testimony of Randolph Carter. Testimony of Randolph Carter. Yes. All right. It's one of my favorite. <laughs> uh, Adam Rebitaro, what people should do, because that game looks amazing, and uh, I'm going to get it. So sentinelsofthemultiverse.com, and plenty of expansion sets coming out, and it's a card game. And how long does it take to play usually? Uh, it takes about uh, 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. Yeah. So that's perfect. Yep. And uh, as it much as I love Risk. Two to five players. Right. Three to five heroes. You can play with two people. But you should control two heroes each. Your, okay. your turn's super simple. You, uh, you play a card, use a power, draw a card. There's just three actions on a turn, so you can just do that, put your hand down, pick up the next one. Okay. So it's so easy enough to play two characters. Oh, not, yeah. not that complicated. Yeah, I, I know people that solo it. So, oh, okay. Yeah, can you play by yourself? Four, yeah. And just play against themselves? Yeah. We had they Rich just Summer play against on. the game. Rich Summer, uh, his wife doesn't like to play games and his kids are too little, so he plays, uh, Essentially, board games for one. Oh, it sounds sad, that, but he says that he loves it so. Oh, so well, it'll be fine. Him. And they'll That's, grow up. The kids will grow up. And Rich Summer plays uh, the geeky guy on Mad Men. The guy with the black glasses. Yeah. In the, in the thing. So, uh, everybody go to sentinelsofthemultiverse.com and then sh- can they check out galacticstrikeforce.com? And, yeah, right and, now there's some basic info of Galactic Strike Force up on the website. Um, you can get to our forums from there. You can get to the Sentinels website from there. Um, and that will be updated, especially when uh, the Kickstarter starts in March. In March, yeah. okay. Which yeah. is and and this will drop late in February, so that'll be good. All right, all right. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, it's my, been my pleasure. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?